You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to Evolving Truths. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Shannon Day. Hi, Mom. Hi, Alexis. How are you? I'm very excited to be starting season two. Me um, too. Our release date for this is 1-10-23, which to me, it's kind of crazy to think it's late December and we're recording this and it's starting to be January. It's starting to be 2023. Sometimes I still feel like I'm back in... 2020. Yeah. I'm with you there. Time goes by fast. I think it goes by faster as we get older. Today's January 10th, the day that everyone is listening to this. 2023 seems like it's going to be another big year after so much change and frequent change. I feel like I'm just desperate to be on solid ground. But in reality, change is the most constant thing in life. So maybe I should just be used to it by now. Learning to find solid ground, balance, consistency, stableness. Not sure if that's a word, but stability, stability, (laughs) something in the world where things are always changing, right? It's not just our lives, but it's other things that are going on in the world as well. I'm excited for today's conversation as we get into 2023 and season two, and we thought it would be fun to share a little bit more about us and to do so in a different way of just asking some fun and thought-provoking questions of one another, but also for all of you to consider as well. Totally. I mean, we're talking about when you rip the Band-Aid off and life feeling like there's a constant amount of change, but what is consistent is us. We're the characters in our own story. And that definition of who we are and what makes us us only gets to come to be by knowing ourselves. I'm excited to be getting back into season two, obviously, and to be sharing this time with each one of you over the next couple of weeks and adding value to your life again. And just today being a fun reminder of ask yourself some simple questions and laugh along the way, but also be willing to ask some questions that you've never thought of before. That is exactly what we're going to do today. Without further ado, We're going to start with some rapid fire questions. Now, full disclosure in preparing for today's conversation, Alexis and I did answer these questions in rapid fire. And as we did, so we wrote down our answers, but then we also thought it would be fun to write down what we thought one another's answers would be. So we'll get to see, as Alexis says, just how well we know each other. Do you want to go first? Me okay, to ask sure. you the questions first. You're going to ask me the questions and I'm going to answer them in the rapid fire format. Correct. Okay, sure. As Let's with do it. Your answer. Yeah, with my answer. Okay. All right, here we go. If your wardrobe could be only one color, what would it be? That mint green, like lightish color that I really love that I don't really actually have a name for. Okay. Mountains or ocean? Mountains. 
Do you like fresh cilantro? Yes. I'm actually indifferent to it. So I defaulted to yes, because I know it's supposed to be yes or no. Okay. Host of the party or guest at a party? Guest. Do you like cottage cheese? No. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Do you talk to yourself in your head? Yes. Road trip or fly? Fly. When scheduling work or projects, time block or a simple to-do list? Time block. All right. Okay. I okay, circled the ready? ones that I got right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mom, if your wardrobe could only be one color, what would it be? Black. Mountains or ocean? Mountains. Fresh cilantro? Not really. It's growing would you rather, on me. Would you rather be a host or a guest? Host. Cottage cheese? Yes. Do you believe in aliens? Unsure. iPhone or Android? Android. Do you talk to yourself in your head? Absolutely. Would you rather road trip or fly to your destination? Road trip. When you're scheduling work or thinking of projects, do you time block or use a to-do list? Time block. Dang. I use I use a time block to to work on my to-do list. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing. Oh, that's funny. So I got your answers correct on all of them except the first one that your wardrobe could only be one color. I said black and I completely forgot about you really liking that greenish color, but the rest of them I had correct. How'd you okay. do? I also got the wardrobe question wrong. My first answer was black for you. And then I changed it to rainbow because I was like, oh, like she's going to be like fun spirited. So I went with that. Ah, I should have thought of that. The only other one that I would like kind of question if my answer counted or not is believing in aliens. I put no thinking it was like a yes or no question and trying to avoid the gray area. Mm. So I put no, I would say I got eight out of 10. Yeah. I mean, I probably lean towards that. I'm not sure about aliens, but we can have uh, that conversation on a different day. I mean, the universe is pretty big. It is. It is pretty big. I'm with you on that. Well, that was fun. That was fun. We apparently do know each other pretty well. Pretty well. Surprise. It's almost like we're mother daughter. Or like we have a good relationship. As a mother and daughter. True. And friends. Yeah. All of the above. All of the above. So, mom, would you please break us down your synopsis? Give us a highlight reel of what has gotten you here in life. Okay. I did some notes for this for myself and and made them little bullet points. I love it. That's great. I'm going to rapid fire these bullet points. I was raised in Greeley, Colorado as a Jehovah's Witness. I have one brother. I was raised with both of my parents. Overall, I would say I had a loving and happy childhood. I was raised in a Tupperware household. Very important to note, it was the Tupperware, like not the fake stuff, the good stuff. The original. Uh, Yeah. At 18, I went to New York to be a nanny. I was married at 21. I had you at 22. 
I worked in direct sales for years. I owned and ran a business with my ex-husband. I co-founded a nonprofit youth sports organization in 2008 that I'm very proud to say that even though neither myself or the other co-founder are involved with, it is still going strong. I love that. In 2008, I began volunteering at our local domestic violence shelter and eventually ended up working there. I put this in my synopsis because... Next to having you, I would say that my involvement there was one of the most life-changing and view-altering experiences. Totally. That became a pivotal moment for you. It did. It completely shifted what I ended up doing for a good chunk of my career. In 2012, I started running and was introduced to trail running. Also life-changing experience. From 2014 to 2016, I went through separation and divorce. Also life-changing experience. And I would say to date, probably the most challenging and difficult experience that I have had. Going back to when I started volunteering at the domestic violence shelter, really beginning in 2008 to today, I have worked in the domestic violence and sexual violence field. 2019, I needed and was given a break from doing some very difficult work. The difficulty was less about the field and more about the toxic environment and the individuals that were leading the organizations that I worked in. And I feel like that's a pretty constant thing in that field of work. Now, today, I work in administration for a construction company. They are amazing husband and wife team. I am a facilitator and trainer for domestic violence. I provide support to my mom, who is a full-time caregiver to my dad's mom, since my dad has passed away, able to provide support to you as you're facing some challenges and made some life changes, friends as well. And then I have some dear friends who have two little toddlers, the second one born in the COVID year. So a big piece of my life is also providing help to them and getting to squish those cute little faces Of course, I also get to record and produce Evolving Truths. I house and pets it. Like I'm just here at this point in my life, really exploring and growing and open to that and want to keep doing that. So there's my bullet pointed 52 years of life. You crushed that. Thanks. Took some thought. A lot of life has been lived in there. Those are the bullet points, but there are so many adventures and stories intertwined in all of that. We're breaking down the synopsis and we're trying to share these pieces of ourselves. And we want you to feel like you're getting to know us and the challenge of what to share and which story to share and which pieces of our experiences are relevant to you. Please just know that our lives are ordinary and dang mom, like 52 years of history and you just knocked that out of the ballpark and I probably should have done more thinking about what my synopsis was. I thought it would be interesting since we didn't talk about this piece. We knew that was a question we were going to ask, but we didn't talk about a format around it or how we were going to answer the question. So I was like, well, this will be interesting to see how we approach this. Lexis, your turn. Your 30 years of life. Give us the brief synopsis. Born and raised in Colorado. I'm an only child. I was raised by entrepreneurs. You just heard my mom talk about 
starting the nonprofit and the business that her and my dad had for many years. That's actually where I learned sales and also her experience in Tupperware and direct sales. All of that entrepreneurship really was a part of my life from a young age. As an only child who refused to go to daycare, my option was, you're coming to work with us. We're going to make the most of it. Or once I got old enough to stay home alone, it was like, okay, great. Here are your house chores. So either way, I was learning the value of a dollar and learning the effort that goes into having the life that you want to have and creating the life that you want to have. And I'll never forget the time that there was this CD that came out and it had been like this huge summer series on TV of this band making this album and the album dropped and my parents saying like, okay, you want to buy this CD? You're going to come to work for us for a day. At the end of that day, we went to like three stores because it was completely sold out and we couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure I was in tears. I was like, you promised we would get it today. I did what I was supposed to do. So that I will never forget, you know, just the trade-off of what I was able to learn. I started selling Tupperware as a six or seven-year-old in the Tupperware week of Tupper Kids and then starting to go to kiosks and learning how to approach people as a cold conversation. Learning and observing all of that I know has propelled me as an individual and professionally. I was also raised for the first part of my childhood as a Jehovah's Witness. Neither my mom or I are any longer affiliated with that religion, but we did come from a pretty strict religious background, and we've Mm -hmm. done a lot of work to open our minds to the world and to open our hearts to inclusivity. Inclusivity? How do I say that word? That's correct. Inclusivity or being inclusive. Right. Everyone has their own journey and whatever framework you come with, that was a part of us, but we've done a lot to deprogram from it as well and to be able to see the world from different lenses and different perspectives and to have an open mind. I played competitive sports growing up. Achievement and accomplishment became a way for me to cope with a lot of things internally. I became an overachiever thinking that life was lived by setting goals, achieving goals, and creating this plan, like mapping out your journey. Graduated from high school, decided that I wanted to play collegiate basketball. That goal I had had from the age of 13, and it was five years of hard work and training and my parents taking me to the gym and making sacrifices to be able to accomplish that goal, and I did it. I signed on with a junior college, got to play my first year of basketball, and then sustained my, I think, third concussion, and it was pretty severe in February of 2012. It ended my basketball career. No doctor would clear me anymore, and it was just not safe, basically, for me to go back to playing that sport, and that derailed me mentally, emotionally, and physically, because what I thought of life, again, was you set a goal, you work really hard to achieve that goal. And then because you work so hard, you're deserving of that goal and you achieve it and everything else falls into place. Not really understanding that life is actually a GPS that you end up getting rerouted 15 billion times and it's this super squiggly line. So 
I had to learn in my 20s a lot of lessons of trial and error. My 20s became about discovery in the sense of I had a lot of lived experiences and I had to learn a lot of the things that I don't want in my life through those experiences. And now coming into my 30s, I am asking myself, what do I want? And that includes my career. I spent 10 years in the construction industry because I pretty much fell into it by nature after my mom went to work in nonprofit. My dad went back to the construction industry and he was super helpful to me and gave me a huge platform to be able to get my foot in the door with roofing. And that really fueled me for the past 10 years. And I fell in love with the trades and I still to this day own a handyman business with my dad and my uncle, Joe. Last year in 2022, getting laid off from the construction industry and the roofing industry and asking myself again in regards to my career, what do I want? Mom and I starting this podcast and me working on becoming a life coach and a speaker, everything being derailed again by my health conditions with chronic symptoms and chronic illness, that having really become a theme over the past 10 years of my life without even realizing it. I've lived with digestive issues that no one could give me an answer to, and I had to really solve and accommodate myself. Having mysterious kidney infections that, again, doctors and physicians weren't able to give me a cause or a diagnosis and doing everything in my power to accommodate and resolve that on my own. So the synopsis, I probably should have done bullet points. Sorry, mom. <laughs> We're going to have to apologize. <laughs> heck of a time cutting this down to try and make it brief. But that's, I would say how I got here is I've been asking myself, what do I want? And trying to live that internal voice out loud. Yeah, that's great. Whew. It's, not, it's not always fun. No answering that little voice inside your head that tells you what you already know you want, but then doing it externally or admitting inside yourself that, oh yeah, that is what I want. And I do have permission to go after it. And I do have permission to create all this chaos in my life in order to have that. It's rough, but it's worth it. I think that leads really well into one of the questions that we thought we would answer today. Thinking about what is it that you want tied with that can be this thought of success and what that looks like. We have media telling us what it looks like. We have advertisers telling us what it looks like. Like we have all kinds of messages about success and what it's supposed to be. So really taking a moment to sit down and ask ourselves how do we define it? So Lexis, how do you define success? My new definition of success is freedom. I want mm. to feel free in my life. I want to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, with whoever I want. And that type of freedom obviously comes with financial freedom. It comes with having good relationships in my life. It comes with career freedom of building a career that has a massive amount of flexibility in it. Success now to me just means that you get to live life however the F you want to. I like that. How about for you? What does success mean to you now? I didn't think that 
this question would give me as much of a pause. It was because I think I was like, so is it success in work or is it success in life? Is success in work being successful in life? I just started having all these thoughts and life. If we think life, is it, if you're in a relationship, is it in your family? Is it health? I started doing all that. So then I was like, okay, take that out. What would my gauge of success be? Yeah. I just gave like all those examples of where we're being told what it is, that corner office or the, the house with the white picket fence and the two kids and the dog. And then I was like, I get to decide. I get to make this gauge, I guess, if we're going to talk about a gauge, I get to do that and make that measurement. So then thinking about that, I was like, well, of course, having basic needs met, food, shelter, transportation, emotional, like emotions. I want safety, safety for myself. I was like, okay, this this also (laughs) is too much. And again, we knew we were going to ask these questions, but we haven't talked about one another's answers. You're, I was like, ah, you are so much better at this than me when it comes to sometimes just making things concise and getting to the point. Cause I'm, you all, you know, me, we're going to go all over the place as I'm doing these things. Because when I started to think this is too much, I'm like, so for me, it's choosing every day how I want to live. And that's wrapped up so beautifully in what your word of the year has been and how you just said it is freedom. Right. And the type of person that I want to be, it's, it's bringing good into the world. It's Mm. acknowledging and using my privilege in positive ways and endeavoring to make things better. It's being responsible for me and my growth, how, how I'm showing up. Can I look in the mirror at the end of each day and feel good about the person who's looking back at me? Oh, that's huge. That's huge. That's what I came up with. I think it's fair to say that the definition of success that I have now has evolved. Coming out of college, finishing my bachelor's degree in finance, thinking that I wanted to have some big corporate job, the luxurious car, the meals out, the house. I wanted the family. I wanted the marriage. I wanted all of these pieces, like you said, that we're conditioned to believe are what make us successful. In my 20s, it was working so hard for those things, getting certain versions of them, variations of them, walking down certain roads. I've shared previously, I've been engaged twice and I've called off two engagements because they weren't right for me. And realizing that that wasn't the answer that was going to bring me happiness and success in the way that I thought that it was supposed to or was going to. The definition now as this version of myself didn't get here without going through everything that you talked about, like the image in our mind and the expectations that we put on ourselves because we see our favorite influencers having families and we see our friends getting married and everyone posts these beautiful wedding pictures. It's not what I'm being told anymore. It's whatever (laughs) feels good. And I love you saying being able to look at yourself at the end of the day and be proud of what you've done. At the same time, recognizing that there are times when I look at myself and I'm not happy with the decision that I just made or something that I just said or did. 
success to me also means acknowledging that, owning that. And then if there's work that needs to be done around that, either for myself or others who may have been affected by that, no matter how difficult it is, then doing that work. Amen. Allowing yourself to evolve. Yes. Yes. Thanks for bringing up question number one. I'm going to hit you with question number two, mom, if you're ready. Bring it. Do you think people meet by chance or on purpose? Mm, On purpose. Oh, really? Tell me more. I have a big belief that things do happen for a reason. People are put in our lives for a reason. Now, the way that the meeting happens may appear or look like by chance, but often connections even that are made in that way, there could be something where we, you know, we meet someone and they're like, oh man, like six months ago or a year ago, I was thinking about, I don't know, whatever it is, buying buying a car, like, right, something. And then I meet someone who has that car. That's a very basic general example, and maybe not a good one that we might even edit out of this, but I, I, yeah, I, I feel like especially key people, people that are going to have an impact in our life or an influence or us in theirs. I think that happens because it's supposed to. Oh, I love it. How about you? What's your thoughts on this? I believe that we by chance meet the people we're supposed to on purpose. I only Mm -hmm. get to meet this person of purpose in my life because of the chance that I made that decision a year ago, six months ago, five minutes ago. I think our view on this is very similar. We're saying the same thing. I love it. All right. Mm, I love this question. Where do you go when you need inspiration? I go outside. I feel like a change of environment and getting into nature for me over the past couple of years has become a big priority. Love it. The other place that I have to go for inspiration inside myself. Like I have to turn inward in order to really find that inspiration as opposed to outside sources. So nature and my heart. How about you? Where do you go for inspiration? Definitely outside. Yeah. Trails. I often, when I'm struggling with something or trying to make a decision or need to think about something, I I often say, I'm going to take it on a run. And for me, a run is typically on a trail. As you were just talking though, it, it did make me start to think other people sometimes too And not always the people that we see on TV or in social media, but people in our own lives that are struggling with some really hard things or have made a decision that was difficult for them. I have a very close friend who later in life chose to go to law school and had to move across the country and is there like by herself. That's huge. That to me is inspiring. I have a friend who decided to go back to school, two friends actually right now, but I'm sitting here going, should I go to school? I don't know. But <laughs> like, right. The, the people, the, the everyday stories that we hear and 
seeing them and, and being there to support them, but working through that, I think I'd look to that too. I do, however, really like your, I obviously look at you, like you're very inspiring to me. Mom. You are. I love that thought of also like looking internally because we all deal with some shit and get through it and, and having us, it gets tamped down. But, but when we get like to that, like, like that, like that, that core, like there's inspiration there. So yeah, I love you bringing that out. If you're wondering about other inspirations, I'm just going to throw a plug in here that in season one, we did do a two-part series about who inspires us and what inspires us. And there's a couple of stories about some amazing individuals who would fall in that ordinary category, but they've been in our lives and we found them extremely inspiring. So if you want to listen to that, please go back and check it out. Are you ready for the next one? I am. Before you ask that question, I want to say too that what a great reminder for us to take a moment and think about this question and look around our lives for what inspires us. While at the same time, I know, like you said, nature for you, it's nature for me too, right? It's a trail. It's like, that's where it comes. It's that core piece, but wow. How many other things in our daily life that can prove to be inspiring. So please everyone think about that. Well, and asking yourself, what about this is inspiring? When I go out into nature, the inspiration that I feel from it is the pause that it gives me to step out of whatever I'm trying to get inspired for or resolve. It's giving me pause and it's giving me a chance to get grounded. I have been known on hikes and trails to just pick up a piece of wood or a rock and walk with it for a while because that's something that I feel grounding in and it allows me to like pass whatever I'm carrying on this trail into this piece of earth and then just leave it there. If you're willing to dive a little deeper and ask yourself what about this particular thing is inspiring to me and then being able to ask yourself like okay, these are the pieces that I identify that are important. So maybe if I can't get out into nature, what are other ways I can recreate it in my life? All right, bring on that next question. How do you hope people feel when they are around you? This is my simplest answer thus far. I hope they feel heard and seen. Mm. How do you hope people feel when they're around you? Yeah, I'm just sitting in that because you are, I think, the queen of that. I wish you would let yourself be heard and seen more. (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because you like you do that. I just I want you to know that you do that, or at least in my experience of interactions with you and seeing you around other people, not just, you know, between you and I relationship wise, like you are very good at that. And so if that continues to be your goal know that you are trending and on track and you would you achieve it thank you you're welcome how do I hope people feel when they're around me I I too hope that they feel heard and seen I guess overarchingly I hope that people feel empowered when they're around me to take back their power or to express their power or to create whatever they need to create. I just want them to feel empowered in who they are 
because I believe that everyone is worthy. So good. I like that. Thank you. Okay. Number five. Yeah. I was going to say little switch here, but has your career path been what you thought it would be? Held to the no, (laughs) like not even close, but career for me, even from a young age has been hard growing up. I hated the question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I have never felt an extreme calling to a specific type of career. I was in a leadership program in my second year of college when I was at junior college, still trying to get as many credits as I could get done before transferring to a university. And we had to ask ourselves a lot of these questions. What's important to you? What do you want? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And I just recognized that I wanted to create good in the world and I wanted to help other people. And I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. And I still probably am not totally sure. I'm closer now than I ever have been before. But that motivated me in each version of my career so far. I went to work at Children's Hospital and worked on their strategy and planning team. And that allowed us to basically create the business plans for each service line. And I know that that was such an important body of work because it was helping those patients and also the people in those departments have clarity on their purpose within this giant corporate hospital. Then when I transitioned to roofing and it became so personal as far as sales went because I was being invited into people's homes and into people's businesses to provide a trade that protected their most valuable assets, their memories, their children's kindergarten paintings, their business that brings in the food and the money and their capital investments and computers and equipments. Like it became personal for me. So I- Never in my life have I thought about a roof that way. And yeah. 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 I think like what a way to, to show that regardless of what any of us are doing for a living to pay the bills, to hopefully find some satisfaction in our life, there is a way to find purpose. There is a way to recognize the bigger piece that it's tied to. And in all your years of working in roofing, I've never heard you say that or talk about it like that. And that is so true. And I just love thinking about that in so many different occupations and how that can apply. So thank you for, for providing that. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, so I went from selling roofs to roofing distribution, and it became about the contractors that I was serving. And that became personal because I saw them as my dad and recognizing that this delivery going to them on time is the difference between them getting to put food on the table for their families. And so to bring it all together in the big picture of my career, has it gone how I expected? No. But the purpose of what I believe I am intended to do in this world underlying has been there the entire time. Yeah. I'm I'm still sitting here like, wow, because you taking the time to even think about that and define that with roofing. So many 
things that I've done and even working the work that I did in, in domestic and sexual violence, recognizing the impact that, that that had, but like never really taking the time to think about that in a way as well as you just did when it comes to roofing. So yeah. Wow. I'm going to definitely take this on a run. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like that has also helped me get some jobs. That's definitely something I throw out in interviews of why do you want this job? Well, it's extremely personal to me. Yeah. So with all that being said, mom, has your career path gone according to plan? No, no. When you said you hated that question of what do you want to be when you grow up? One, being raised as I was as, as a Jehovah's Witness, like first answer is, well, I'm going to clearly be a Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, I, I, this isn't really, I, yeah, serve like the highest level of that, I guess. As far as what I would do, I always knew it would be sales. You and I talk about this and, and I kind of talk about this everywhere. Everything we do, regardless of what it is that we do is sales, right? Yep. First part of in my 20s was focused on being a mom and being a wife and, and feeling my role in terms of being supportive of my husband and, and at the time and what it is that he was doing. Then ended up getting into the window tinting business. Had never really thought of that, but that was super fun. Loved that. Made a lot of cool changes with, with the business and, and those pieces then ended up co-founding the nonprofit youth sports organization. Like never in my life would have thought I would have done that. Ended up working at a domestic violence shelter and then at the state level at the Domestic Violence Coalition. At one point was a forensic interviewer. So interviewing children where there were allegations of sexual abuse. Like, no, no, never in my life would I have thought that I'd be doing that. And now like the administration job that I do, I've gotten to learn a lot of things and I'm really kind of digging into and getting more into QuickBooks. And I'm going to be actually helping another nonprofit with their things. And I love being able to think about it, like how you talked about that with roofing. I'm totally going to sit with this and just be like, yeah, why? Like, why is me getting this invoice done or getting these checks done? Like, what is the impact of that. So short answer, no. Long answer is sort of yes, because I always said I was going to be in sales. And I feel like that's something that I do everywhere. But yeah, of all the questions we said we were going to discuss, who knew this one was going to be the one that was like going to sit with me in this way? <laughs> Blew your mind a little bit there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, question number six, not like I don't that question maybe I thought was going to be like one of the easier ones. But so here now we're going to like, I was going to say we're diving into it with this one, but we sort of already did that. What boundary do you have a more challenging time reinforcing? I don't really know how to say this or how to, the boundary of me. Yes, girl. I'm getting emotional. The boundary of me, this point in my life, it's no longer because of what is expected of me from a partner or what my thoughts based on my religious upbringing were of what my role should be and how I should be feeling them, right? And, and perhaps part of the reason that this, this boundary of me and my time and protecting that is a bit of a challenge is because that wasn't something that 
I grew up with being taught was something I could do or was important. Me giving and doing was was what I was supposed to be doing. Right. And so now those that are in my life, those that are closest in my life no longer have those expectations. And, and I find myself still kind of doing or thinking I need to do these things when they've not been asked of me, when it's not an expectation and it's not a requirement for those people to still be in my life or love me or see value in me. So yeah, the, the boundary of me. Amen. Thank you for your vulnerability. So what about you, Lex? What, what boundary do you have a hard time enforcing? I think you and I are pretty similar there. The word that I learned to describe our tendency to serve and care for others and feeling like our world isn't okay unless the people around us are taken care of and in a happy place is codependent. I don't believe that I have all of the tendencies of codependency, but I definitely know that I have a couple of them. And it is a hard boundary to pick myself first. When I say pick myself, most of the time it's emotionally because I'm too worried about upsetting another person or I'm too worried about saying how I actually feel because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I just won't take up space at all emotionally. And finding my voice, my emotional voice, living my voice out loud Mm. has been a journey And it's still something that I have to practice regularly and reinforcing it is, has gotten easier. It's not as uncomfortable as it used to be, but it's still hard. (laughs) Yeah. When I think about raising you, that was what I modeled now as adults. I, I feel like sometimes when you and I have conversations or even things that you say to me, you're saying to me things that. I hope I said to you as a child, yet I realized like in saying those things to you, what I was modeling was, was not what I was saying to you and parenting. I mean, that's such a thing. And I, I really love and appreciate the fact now that you and I have done a lot of work where we can sit and have these conversations and I can feel bad for those things that I fucked up as a parent. While at the same time, I don't have to carry shame or guilt with it. You were doing the best that you could with what you had at the time and with what you knew. I didn't expect this topic to come up so much in the conversation today, but us, you and I had a model based around a religion that did have women in a service role, and it did perpetuate that tendency of our value is giving to other people. That's hard. That was ingrained in you from your childhood. That was ingrained Mm -hmm. in me from birth until about 10 and a half years old. And then after we stopped participating in that organization, a lot of those principles, because it's all our family knew, stayed. So even though we weren't still participating in the weekly meetings or going to the church events, 
it was the framework of our family. And learning about codependency, an amazing book is called Codependent No More. I don't even know full transparency if I've totally finished the book. I know I started it. <laughs> I've got a couple <laughs> chapters in and I was like, okay, it's on my bookshelf. This feels like it's close enough. But learning that and forgiving ourselves for that, us as a mom-daughter pair, I am grateful to recognize that like, I have this in me because of what was taught to me and you had it in you because of what was taught to you. And that's no one's fault. Mm -hmm. It just is. And I'm grateful for the fact now that we get to work on spreading our beautiful butterfly wings and taking up space and making ourselves a priority and giving ourselves emotional permission to show up. But it's a hard freaking boundary to keep reinforcing and practicing. And it's something that takes effort every single day. Yes. Yeah. To all that, I'm just going to go, whew, yeah. Going to have a lot of stuff to take on some runs from, from these questions. <laughs> I know. Who knew? We were like, oh, this episode's <laughs> going to be so light and fun and we're gearing up the next episode. Yeah. We should have stayed in rapid fire. Okay. So her last question, what does self-awareness mean to you? Oof. What an amazing episode to exemplify self-awareness. I think self-awareness is pulling back the layers of ourselves and getting to the nitty gritty as to why we are the way that we are allows us to be self-aware enough about our perspective on the world and the lens that we see the world with so that we can evolve into what we want to be. What's your take on self-awareness, mom? My first thought was this conversation. Yeah. Making time. I mean, we had to schedule time to sit and figure out what questions we wanted to ask and then give those questions some thought and then even have this conversation. Like we both have other things we could be doing. We had to make time to do this. Self-awareness is not just shopping, looking for that next relationship going to the next happy hour or stopping at the store on my way home and buying myself a bottle of wine. It is asking these questions. It is sitting with these things. I love you saying that it's thinking about where does this come from? Why do I act or think this way? I feel like a lot of times in my life, I don't get to that root piece, that base piece. And you really by doing that in your own life. And some of the questions that you ask me and conversations we have are making me do that because it's not something that I'd done. I'm more like, well, I'd like to act this way or I'd like my life to look like this. But to even that, it's like, why? Because that's the motivation of what's going to help get me there if, if that's important. So it's an and. It, it is asking these questions and getting into the why Am I behaving this way or thinking this? Where does this come from? To am I okay with that? Is this what I want it to be? To yes, I am and it's good, or I like it, but I'd like to enhance it, or no, this is something I want to change. Self awareness to me is all of those pieces. And again, I'll go back to in the definition of success. And when we look at ourselves and if I've made a decision or done something that doesn't feel good either for myself and others have maybe have been impacted in a negative way. Owning that self-awareness is being able to own our shit. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. Take responsibility for ourselves. And not just own it as a way of this is who I am and I'm not changing. Deal with it, right? Especially if it's not something that's beneficial to those that are in our life. It's, It's owning our shit and doing it in a way that moves us forward. Oh, amen. Whew, girl, this was amazing. Welcome back to Evolving Truth Season 2. Yeah. Oh, I just need to take a breath here for a second. Wow, Mom, thank you for having this conversation with me. Thank you. It was fun. It was challenging. Even the challenging parts are fun. I think getting to sit with this and think about these things, that's good. It's it's messy and it's just, but it's good. It's worth it. Even if we walk away from this conversation and there isn't a direct outcome in either one of our lives, but the way we're feeling when we walk away from this conversation is different than how I felt when I first sat down on this chair. And that is a change. The willingness to be able to do that is, I think, what makes us evolving truths. Yes. We hope that you experience that too. Yes. And we're thrilled you're here. We are very excited for season two. We've already got some guests that are going to be joining us. We can't wait for you to hear from them. We are still totally open to suggestions and ideas of topics that you want to discuss. So by all means, share those with us in the comments or over at evolvingtruthspodcast.com. If you're willing to dive into one of these deeper conversations and there's someone you want to break the ice with, share this episode with them. The more people we have listening to each one of these episodes just helps us affect greater change in the world. And we love and appreciate being here with you. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please leave a five-star rating, leave a review wherever you are listening, and follow the show so that you can make sure you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. Until next time, please remember that life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis in the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.